Chapters nineteen through twenty two. Book twenty. Volume two of La Morte d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by David Cole. La Morte d'Arthur, Volume two by Sir Thomas Mallory. Chapter nineteen. So leave we Sir Launcelot in his lands, and his noble knights with him, and return we again unto King Arthur and to Sir Gawain, that made a great host ready, to the number of threescore thousand, and all thing was made ready, for their shipping to pass over the sea, and so they shipped at Cardiff. And there King Arthur made Sir Mordred chief ruler of all England, and also he put Queen Guenever under his governance. Because Sir Mordred was King Arthur's son, he gave him the rule of his land and of his wife, and so the king passed the sea, and landed upon Sir Launcelot's lands, and there he brent and wasted, through the vengeance of Sir Gawain, all that they might overrun. When this word came to Sir Launcelot, that King Arthur and Sir Gawain were landed upon his lands, and made a full great destruction and waste. Then spake Sir Bors, and said, My lord Sir Launcelot, it is shame that we suffer them thus to ride over our lands, for which you will, suffer ye them as long as ye will, they will do you no favour, and they may handle you. Then said Sir Lionel, that was wary and wise, My lord Sir Launcelot, I will give this counsel, let us keep our strong wall towns until they have hunger and cold, and blow upon their nails, and then let us freshly set upon them, and shred them down as sheep in the field, that aliens may take example for ever how they land upon our lands. Then spake Sir Bagdemus to Sir Launcelot, Sir, your courtesy will shender us all, and thy courtesy hath waked all this sorrow. For an they thus over our lands ride, they shall by process bring us all to naught, whilst we thus in holes us hide. Then said Sir Galihud unto Sir Launcelot, Sir, here be knights come of king's blood, that will not long droop, and they are within these walls. Therefore give us leave, like as we be knights, to meet them in the field, and we shall slay them that they shall curse the time that ever they came into this country. Then spake seven brethren of North Wales, and they were seven noble knights. A man might seek in seven kings' lands, or he might find such seven knights. Then they all said at once, Sir Launcelot, for Christ's sake, let us ride out with Sir Galihud, for we be never wont to cower in castles nor in noble towns. Then spake Sir Launcelot, that was master and governor of them all, My fair lords, which you well, I am full loath to ride out with my knights for shedding of Christian blood, and yet my lands, I understand, be full bare for to sustain any host a while, for the mighty wars that Willem made King Claudus upon our country, upon my father King Ban, and on mine uncle King Bors, howbeit we will be as at this time keep our walls strong, and I shall send a messenger unto my lord Arthur, a treaty for to take, 
for better is peace than always war. So Sir Launcelot sent forth a damsel, and a dwarf with her, requiring King Arthur to leave his warring upon his lands, and so she start upon a palfrey, and the dwarf ran by her side. And when she came to the pavilion of King Arthur, there she alighted, and there met her a gentle knight, Sir Lucan the butler, and said, Fair damsel, come ye from Sir Launcelot du Lake. Yea, sir, she said, therefore I am come hither to speak with my lord the king. Alas, said Sir Lucan, my lord Arthur would love Launcelot, but Sir Gawain will not suffer him. And then he said, I pray you, damsel, ye may speed well, for all we that be about the king would Sir Launcelot did best of any knight living. And so with this Lucan led the damsel unto the king, where he sat with Sir Gawain, for to hear what she would say. So when she had told her tale, the water ran out of the king's eye, and all the lords were full glad, for to advise the king, as to be accorded with Sir Launcelot, save all only Sir Gawain, and he said, My lord, mine uncle, what will ye do? Will ye now turn again, now that ye are passed thus far upon this journey? All the world will speak of your villainy. Nay, said Arthur, wit thou well, Sir Gawain, I will do as ye will advise me, and yet me seemeth, said Arthur, his fair proffers were not good to be refused. But sithen I am come so far upon this journey, I will that you give the damsel her answer, for I may not speak to her for pity, for her proffers be so large. CHAPTER Twenty. Then Sir Gawain said to the damsel thus, Damsel, say ye to Sir Launcelot, that it is waste labour now to sue to mine uncle, for tell him, and he would have made any labour for peace, he should have made it all this time. For tell him now it is too late, and say that I, Sir Gawain, so send him word, that I promise him by the faith I owe unto God and to knighthood, that I shall never leave him till he have slain me or I him. So the damsel wept and departed, and there were many weeping iron, and so Sir Lucan brought the damsel to her palfrey, and so she came to Sir Launcelot, where he was among all his knights. And when Sir Launcelot had heard this answer, then the tears ran down by his cheeks, and then his noble knights strode about him, and said, Sir Launcelot, Wherefore make ye such cheer? Think what ye are, and what men we are, and let us noble knights match them in midst of the field. This may be lightly done, said Sir Launcelot, but I was never so loath to do battle, and therefore I pray you, fair sirs, as ye love me, be ruled as I will have you, for I will always flee that noble king that made me knight. And when I may no further, I must needs defend me, and that will be more worship for me and us all, than to compare with that noble king whom we have all served. Then they held their language, and as that night they took their rest. And upon the morn early in the dawning of the day, as knights looked out, they saw the city of Benwick besieged round about, and fast they began to set up ladders, and then they defied them out of the town, and beat them from the walls whitely. Then came forth Sir Gawain, 
well armed upon a stiff steed, and he came before the chief gate with his spear in his hand, crying, Sir Launcelot, where art thou? Is there none of you proud knights dare break a spear with me? Then Sir Bors made him ready, and came forth out of the town, and there Sir Gawain encountered with Sir Bors, and at that time he smote Sir Bors down from his horse, and almost he had slain him, and so Sir Bors was rescued and borne into the town. Then came forth Sir Lionel, brother to Sir Bors, and thought to revenge him, and either foited their spears, and ran together, and there they met spitefully, but Sir Gawain had such grace that he smote Sir Lionel down, and wounded him there passing sore, and then Sir Lionel was rescued, and borne into the town. And this Sir Gawain came every day, and he failed not, but he, he smote down one night or other. And thus they endured half a year, and much slaughter was of people on both parties. Then it befell upon a day, Sir Gawain came afore the gates, armed at all pieces, on a noble horse, with a great spear in his hand, and there he cried with a loud voice, Where art thou now, thou false traitor, Sir Launcelot? Why hidest thou thyself within holes and walls like a coward? Look out now, thou false traitor knight, here I shall revenge upon thy body the death of my three brethren. All this language hurt Sir Launcelot every deal, and his kin and his knights drew about him, and all they said at once to Sir Launcelot, Sir Launcelot, now must ye defend you like a knight, or else ye be shamed for ever, for now ye be called upon treason, it is time for you to stir, for you have slept over long and suffered over much. So God me help, said Sir Launcelot, I am right heavy of Sir Gawain's words, for now he charged me with a great charge, and therefore I wot it as well as ye, that I must defend me, or else to be recreant. Then Sir Launcelot bade saddle his strongest horse, and bade let fetch his arms, and bring all unto the gate of the tower. And then Sir Launcelot spake on high unto King Arthur, and said, My lord Arthur, and noble king that made me knight, wit ye well I am right heavy for your sake, that ye thus sue upon me, and always I forbear you. For an I would have been vengeable, I might have met you in the midst of the field, and there to have made your boldest knights full tame. And now I have forborne half a year, and suffered you and Sir Gawain to do what ye would do, and now may I enjoy it no longer, for now must I needs defend myself, insomuch Sir Gawain hath appealed me of treason, the which is greatly against my will, that ever I should fight against any of your blood. But now I may not forsake it, I am driven thereto as a beast till obey. Then Sir Gawain said, Sir Launcelot, an thou durst do battle, leave thy babbling and come off, and let us ease our hearts. Then Sir Launcelot armed him lightly, and mounted upon his horse, and either of the knights gat great spears in their hands, and the host without stood still all apart, and the noble knights came out of the city by a great number, insomuch that when Arthur saw the number of men and knights, 
he marvelled and said to himself, Alas, that ever Sir Launcelot was against me, for now I see he hath forborne me. And so the covenant was made, that should no man nigh them, nor deal with them, till the one was death or yelden. Chapter 21 Then Sir Gawain and Sir Launcelot departed a great way asunder, and then they came together with all their horses' might as they might run, and either smote other in midst of their shields, but the knights were so strong, and their spears so big, that their horses might not endure their buffets, and so their horses fell to the earth, and then they avoided their horses, and dressed their shields afore them. Then they stood together, and gave many set strokes on divers places of their bodies, that the blood brast out on many sides and places. Then had Sir Gawain such a grace and gift that an holy man had given to him, that every day in the year, from underne till high noon, his might increased those three hours as much as thrice his strength, and that caused Sir Gawain to win great honour. And for his sake King Arthur made an ordinance, that all manner of battles, for any quarrels, that should be done afore King Arthur, should begin at underne, and all was done for Sir Gawain's love, that by likelihood, if Sir Gawain were on the one part, he should have the better in battle, while his strength endureth three hours. But there were but few knights that time living, that knew this advantage, that Sir Gawain had, but King Arthur all only. Thus Sir Launcelot fought with Sir Gawain, and when Sir Launcelot felt his might ever more increase, Sir Launcelot wondered and dread him sore to be shamed. For as the French book saith, Sir Launcelot weaned, when he felt Sir Gawain double his strength, that he had been a fiend and non-earthly man. Wherefore Sir Launcelot traced and traversed, and covered himself with his shield, and kept his might and his brader during three hours, and that while Sir Gawain gave him many sad brunts, and many sad strokes, that all the knights that beheld Sir Launcelot marvelled how that he might enjoy him, but full little understood they that travail that Sir Launcelot had for to endure him. And when it was past noon, Sir Gawain had no more but his own might. When Sir Launcelot felt him so come down, then he stretched him up, and stood near Sir Gawain, and said thus, My lord Sir Gawain, now I feel ye have done. Now, my lord Sir Gawain, I must do my part, for many great and grievous strokes I have endured you this day with great pain. Then Sir Launcelot doubled his strokes, and gave Sir Gawain such a buffet on the helmet that he fell down on his side, and Sir Launcelot withdrew him from him. Why withdrawest thou thee, said Sir Gawain, now turn again, false traitor knight, and slay me, for an thou leave me thus, when I am whole I shall do battle with thee again. I shall endure you, sir, by God's grace, but wit thou well, Sir Gawain, I will never smite a felled knight. And so Sir Launcelot went into the city, and Sir Gawain was borne into King Arthur's pavilion, and leeches were brought to him and searched and salved with soft ointments. And then Sir Launcelot said, 
now have good day my lord the king for which you will ye win no worship at these walls and if i would my knights outbring there should many a man die therefore my lord arthur remember you of old kindness and however i fare jesu be your guide in all places chapter twenty two alas said the king that ever this unhappy war was begun for ever sir launcelot forbeareth me in all places and in likewise my kin and all that is seen well this day by my nephew sir gawain then king arthur fell sick for sorrow of sir gawain that he was so sore hurt and because of the war betwixt him and sir launcelot so then they on king arthur's part kept the siege with little war without forth and they within forth kept their walls and defended them when need was thus sir gawain lay sick three weeks in the tents with all manner of leechcraft that might be had and as soon as sir gawain might go and ride he harmed him on all points and start upon a courser and gat a spear in his hand and so he came riding afore the chief gate of benwick and there he cried on hythe where art thou sir launcelot come forth thou false traitor knight and recreant for i am here sir gawain will prove this that i said on thee all this language sir launcelot heard and then he said thus sir gawain me repents of your foul saying that ye will not cease of your language for ye wot well sir gawain i know your might and all that ye may do and well ye wot sir gawain ye may not greatly hurt me come down traitor knight said he and make it good the contrary with thy hands for it mishappeth me the last battle to be hurt of thy hands therefore wit thou well i am come this day to make amends for i ween this day to lay thee as low as thou laidst me jesu defend me said sir launcelot that ever i be so far in your danger as ye have been in mine for then my days were done but sir gawain said sir launcelot ye shall not think that i tarry long but sithen that ye so unknightly call me of treason ye shall have both your hands full of me and then sir launcelot armed him at all points and mounted upon his horse and gat a great spear in his hand and rode out at the gate and both the hosts were assembled of them without and of them within and stood in array full manly and both parties would charge to hold them still to see and behold the battle of these two noble knights and then they laid their spears in their rests and they came together as thunder and sir gawain brake his spear upon sir launcelot in a hundred pieces unto his hand and sir launcelot smote him with a greater might that sir gawain's horse's feet raised and so the horse and he fell to the earth then sir gawain deliverly avoided his horse and put his shield afore him and eagerly drew his sword and bade sir launcelot alight traitor knight for if this mere son hath failed me wit thou well a king's son and a queen's son shall not fail thee then sir launcelot avoided his horse and dressed his shield afore him and drew his sword and so stood they together 
and gave many sad strokes, that all men on both parties had thereof passing great wonder. But when Sir Launcelot felt Sir Gawain's might so marvellously increase, he then withheld his courage and his wind, and kept himself wonder covet of his might, and under his shield he traced and traversed here and there, to break Sir Gawain's strokes and his courage, and Sir Gawain enforced himself with all his might and power to destroy Sir Launcelot. For as the French book saith, ever as Sir Gawain's might increased, right so increased his wind and his evil will. Thus Sir Gawain did great pain unto Sir Launcelot three hours, for he had right great pain for to defend him. And when the three hours were past, that Sir Launcelot felt that Sir Gawain was come to his own proper strength, then Sir Launcelot said unto Sir Gawain, Now have I proved you twice, that ye are a full dangerous knight, and a wonderful man of your might, and many wonderful deeds have you done in your days. For by your might increasing you have deceived many a full noble and valiant knight. And now I feel that ye have done your mighty deeds. Now which you will, I must do my deeds. And then Sir Launcelot stood near Sir Gawain, and then Sir Launcelot doubled his strokes, and Sir Gawain defended him mightily, but nevertheless Sir Launcelot smote such a stroke upon Sir Gawain's helm, and upon the old wound, that Sir Gawain sinked down upon his one side in a swoon, and anon as he did awake he waved and foined at Sir Launcelot as he lay, and said, Traitor knight, wit thou well I am not yet slain, come thou near me, and perform this battle unto the uttermost. I will not do more than I have done, said Sir Launcelot, for when I see you on foot, I will do battle upon you all the while I see you stand on your feet. But for to smite a wounded man that may not stand, God defend me from such a shame. And then he turned him and went his way toward the city. And Sir Gawain evermore calling him traitor knight, and said, Wit thou well, Sir Launcelot, when I am whole I shall do battle with thee again, for I shall never leave thee till that one of us be slain. Thus as this siege endured, and as Sir Gawain lay sick near a month, and when he was well recovered, and ready within three days to do battle again with Sir Launcelot, right so came tidings unto Arthur from England, that made King Arthur and all his host to remove. End of Book Twenty, Chapters Nineteen through Twenty-Two, read by David Cole, Medway, Massachusetts.